0: Hi, my name is Christine and welcome to Conversations with Sheldon Fitzgerald, which I am so happy to be able to share with you. Here's a little background for you to have something to hold on to before we dive in. I live in Copenhagen with my husband and two grown-up daughters. I'm 49 years old and work as an actor here in Copenhagen and has done that for the last 25 years. Three years ago... I was hit by a midlife crisis that made me reach out for some guidance to bring my stressed system back in balance. A good friend and colleague of mine had been in Cape Town, South Africa, to play a role in a movie production located in Cape Town. And in connection with that work, she'd come across a spiritual therapist named Sheldon Fitzgerald, whom some of the crew members and actors in the production consulted in connection with performance anxiety and having to perform under pressure, which is what one often has to do in the movie industry. After the encouragement of my friend, I contacted Sheldon to hear about what kind of spiritual therapy it was he was offering and what spiritual therapy even was. What I learned was that Sheldon's therapy is something about contacting the soul through meditation and through this achieve an inner peace and connection with life, which will release one's potential as a human being here on Earth. I've now had spiritual therapy sessions with Sheldon once a week over the last three years. In the weekly sessions, I train and stabilize how to let go of the ego's grip on me and thereby give space for the soul and life within. Because of these sessions, I've gained a far more sustainable approach to myself and my work and my surroundings. When I started in therapy with Sheldon three years ago, I asked him if he was okay with me recording our therapy sessions, which he was, and my need to record was simply because I then could listen to it between our weekly sessions and thereby integrate the teachings and techniques that were offered. And since the idea of making a podcast with Sheldon appeared, I all of a sudden found my, that my old recorded weekly sessions became a goldmine of a mirror where I was when I started and where I am today. And it's that mirror in which this podcast takes its starting point. In today's episode, we'll talk about why I, Christine, find it hard not to bring a drama into any context and conversation, and what there's left to talk about if we're all living in fearless peace. Welcome to Conversations with Sheldon Fitzgerald, A Spiritual Approach to Therapy. Hello Sheldon.
1: Hi, Christine.
0: And welcome back. How are you doing?
2: I, I'm I'm very good today, thank you.
0: Do you always answer that way when somebody asks you, How are you doing?
2: Um yeah, yeah, I, I guess that's <laughs> that that's what I do. But uh, it's also true. <laughs> I'm generally very good. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. I'm doing good, but that would be my absolutely my normal way of answering that question almost all through my life. I'm doing good, and then I would, after that, throw something in that was a challenge to overcome or something to deal with, just like intuitively. I would never just say, I'm doing good, full stop. And I'm now starting navigating from that place. I'm doing good, full stop. And it's a very interesting uh, space to be in because it almost makes me a little shy and and I don't really have the language and I don't really know what to talk about then. Uh, and I think there is there is an interesting topic there for me to dive into because it's for me a very easy way into being connected to bring a problem to the table. That's where I feel connected, both with myself and with my surroundings. When the flaws and the longing and the pain comes to the table, then I feel safe. If people answer me, I'm doing good, I'm fine, I feel it's fate, and I get insecure and feel unsafe. And I'm very eager to, to find a language around this peaceful state of mind where I'm not getting bored or insecure or feel that there is no direction. And I know that the work I'm doing with you essentially is being in that space. Uh, most of the time, and yet I still find myself falling in the trap of "I'm doing good." I mean, I'm 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 working a lot, and it's stressful, and of course there's problem. But I'm doing good. But I mean, it's it's pretty horrible not sleeping at night. I'm sleep deprived. But no, I'm I'm fine. I'm fine. But you know, there's this trap. It's such a wired energy within me that. When I put my flaws in front, I show you I'm not perfect. You can be safe. Please do the same to me. Then I can be safe. And then we could be in the same space. So how would you say an environment with people being smiling, peaceful, blissful all the time could be, what conversations do they have? For me, it's just, then I would be silent and smiling. (laughs)
2: um the the reality is i think what happens is that human beings always have this desire to to connect and to play together and because of this strong desire to want to connect we'll connect over anything that somebody else brings to the table so the, the thing with with people with human beings is that we like to connect we like to play together and it's very easy for us to do that by matching what the other person brings to the space. And, um, and so exactly like you say, so many people get into the habit of connecting over pain, connecting through complaints even, even if it's connecting over someone else. I mean, I, 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 you, know, you go on YouTube and there are just so many of these YouTubers whose entire You know, program is about criticizing other people's work or what's, you know, happening out of the world. And people find it very easy to kind of buy into that negative thinking because it's so prolific. It's all over the place. But when we get to a place where inside you actually really do feel solidly good, it's really difficult. It becomes more and more difficult to buy into the drama, to buy into the stress. It just just doesn't feel congruent with what's going on inside of you. And so what you find is that people become far more present and far more real. And exactly like you were saying where you're saying, you know, if I can bring my vulnerability to a space and I can say exactly how I'm feeling in a moment so I can talk about the fact that I don't feel really good right now, I'm not getting enough sleep. um, You feel that at least if you're doing that, you're being real in some way and that allows room for somebody else to be real. And that's true if that's what's going on for you. But... It's also real, if you're in a good space, to say things are going really well, you know? And that's not to say that there aren't challenges and there aren't difficult things to deal with, but like right now in this moment, I'm I'm really happy, I'm really happy to be here with you, I'm enjoying this conversation, and then it becomes far more about what's happening in the moment rather than what happened last night, you know, how you didn't get enough sleep, or what happened last week, the stress you had at work, or what happened last month, or You know the trouble in the family it's just how are you right now how am i and what would we like to do and um i think it's i mean again so much of spiritual work is this return to child childlike innocence and so it becomes much more like that like we show up together in the space and then it's what game are we going to play right now what do we want to do that's going to be fun for us in this moment. And as adults, I think we forget how to just be playful like that.
0: Yeah, <clears throat> I'm much more safe in the space of feeling good, and I'm, I'm, I'm getting to know the version of me who's not saying "but" after answering yes. I'm feeling good, uh, so it's more like a old habit almost, and a societal thing, um, and to want to make people feeling safe with me. Uh, that I'm not radiating, I've got everything under control. And considering control, I'm right now I am directing again for the first time in, in two years actually, I'm starting to direct again. And uh, I found this um, very, very early sound clip where I, actually it's two years old, it's one of our very first ones where I also directed. A pilot to a documentary uh, I was doing and, um, I think it's, well, it's, i I, my depression has faded out and I have meditated for a while. I've been working with you for a while in the clip we're going to hear and I'm directing again and working again, uh, for the first time. Uh, and I have this feeling of a very spiritual, uh, high in a way in the space, um, and, well, the clip is almost mirroring where I'm at now, because now I'm in the same space directing again. Um, and I, I'm i telling this in the clip. I say that I now I want to do this. I ha, I've planned to do this in a very spiritual way, to direct in a way where I'm just peaceful and has no fear. And then I wake up the first day of shooting and, you know, Everything else is there than peace and and perfection in my system. Let's hear the clip. All right. Hi. Um, um, Well, it's been, of course, obviously, it's been a very busy week. And uh, I I, I started the week out with being um, like having all kinds of expectations of everything is good the story is good, it's ending good, I'm just, but it starts like this.
1: Don't <laughs> <Okay. laughs> relax, it's going to be all good, but.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm going to be so much in, in the spiritual place and meditating. And then when, you know, when I, the on Monday we started out, I could feel, feel like I was so stressed, I had all the cramps in my stomach, I, I felt like annoyed immediately. I felt all of the old habits coming back. And I was like, fuck, this was not the deal, universe. I was supposed to do this in a, in a spiritual way. Why, why is my body betraying me like this? And um, then I kind of, I meditated on it. And I, 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 I in the end, I just said, help help and what came to me was okay you might think doing this as a spiritual journey looks in a certain way but unfortunately it looks completely different you will be stressed out it will be I ended up saying to myself it's gonna be fucking hell I just gotta survive and when I admitted that I kind of let go. <laughs> it was like, okay, it's going to be hell. It's not going to be this nice journey where I'm like really calm and just... And and then I was sitting there meditating on that and that was what came to me. Okay, just acknowledge it's going to be hell. It's going to be terrible. But I'm just going to take one day at a time. And then we started. And to to acknowledge this feeling helped me letting go of it and i weirdly quickly was really calm <laughs> it was so weird and it's been weird every every day i'm weirdly calm
1: amazing well okay.
0: <laughs> yeah right <laughs> And the thing is, I'm not really taking the ownership of it, which I normally do. I get very easily self-absorbed about how great I am or how horrible I am, which is, I guess, the human condition in general for most people. And this is what I feel, where, this is where the biggest difference is for me, is that I don't, when you say well done, I in yeah, right, but actually I feel like I'm giving birth. Because when I gave birth to my two daughters, it was like, that was the total serenity, because there was no control. So I did do all the work, but I didn't do all the work. And this is the same experience I have now that I'm giving birth to something. It's coming through me, but it's actually not coming through me. So there's...
1: But that that is ultimately the spiritual experience. Yes. Where the universe uses you and flows through you and kind of interacts with itself through you. Yeah. Rather than pushing our agenda into reality the whole time.
0: It's such a wild experience. I feel like I'm a space. Especially in that room. I feel like I'm just there and, and it is... And I don't grip onto it. And therefore, I don't get anxious. You know, yeah. I mean, there are many things that doesn't work. Obviously, that Obi, that one went down. Okay, this camera doesn't work. We need to get a new one. Oh fuck! It. Yeah. All these things are happening. They are happening, but I, yeah. I, don't get. It's like it's just going through me.
1: Wonderful. Yes. That that is it. That's the spiritual experience. You will.
0: Does it last?
1: <laughs> well, we, st- we learn to stabilize, so so that's always the spiritual experience, and all we do is learn to trust it more and live more from it, you know, and what is amazing is that it's normally quite easy to do in in our work, like in the thing that we're supposed to be doing, and it's more difficult to do in things like our relationship, <laughs> or our family, you know? <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> in what way? In what way?
1: In that... Um, Somehow, because it's it's your work, it's your like purpose or your soul, your soul's job to do that. Like it it's, it tends to take more control, so it steps in easier or faster in that environment, and then you know that you've stabilized it when you can do it at home, relaxing with your family when something goes wrong with your extended family. You know, like no, but like you by the know count.
0: I'm sorry, I'm interrupting you. It's just it's it's the opposite with me. I have wild kids, really wild kids, and I I never doubt that they're going to be all right. I'm I'm so confident that they they have what they need, and that God don't have grandchildren. They have a God. It's not my. It's you know, I'm I'm confident. But so it's actually it's the other way around. Does that well, make sense?
1: Perhaps the difference, as you describe it, is that. You think your work is your work as opposed to the universe's work. But you think that your kids are the universe's work. Yes. And the God, it's taken care of, they'll be fine.
0: Exactly. And, and, the, and the thing the, the, that God doesn't have grandchildren. I try to 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 do that with because that works totally with my kids. I, they have they, they'll be taken care of, I'm sure of it. My work doesn't have uh, or you know if you could do that to my work that my work have a god of its own, I, that would be easier and that's what slide that's what's coming into my soul now.
1: It is. <laughs> mm-hmm. But then again, like if, if it's already stabilized there in your family, then, then then this is just you know, this is just extending that same space. And you already know you're already really extending it. Like it's not like you have to figure out how to do it. That's happening. You're in it. So what is happening inside your mind now? What if what is going on for you?
0: Um mainly really joy, joy, and then I'm scared of losing it. It feels so uh, alien to me to feel good in this way. I love this clip, and I I especially love it because the alien feeling of feeling good in this space is getting more familiar, familiar to me. Now, which is a very nice way of uh, evolving uh, through this praxis. And when I heard the clip, it was like a very clear mirror that back then I had the sense of something really nice happening, and yet I had the but immediately after, because I was afraid of losing it. And uh, that feeling is very rarely there now, the fear of losing it. And yet it's more like habitual that I do the butt mess these days. So the habit is still there, even though it's not really deeply felt. Um, Yeah, I I think I'd like to hear your opinion about, Sheldon, how how it's stabilized through all the clients you have this, when you get it, you really, really, really don't want to lose it that it, which is essentially peace and no fear.
2: Um, well, I suppose that's, that is the value of techniques, like of, of having the tools that, that we, that we work with in the sessions that you can go, okay, this is the state that I've now managed to access with the meditations that it's starting to flow into my life. And I'm, I'm, you know, slowly learning how to balance in it and how to stabilize it and then in in the work that we do one-on-one, like there are a lot of conversations around what are the things that cause you to go back out of balance and the but, you know, like where do those butts come in? Where do those those issues arise? And then how do you navigate around them? And um, we've spoken before that there are these different phases of the work, you know, perpetual consciousness, exalted consciousness, unity consciousness. And what's interesting is that although in the meditation all we're doing is just deepening and deepening a connection to who we are so it's just learning how to dive deeper into that inner self outside of the meditation how we navigate begins to change so what you're talking about here this thing of of learning how to maintain the peace and how to how to stabilize in that space where you can trust life and realize that that you have a destiny that there is this dharmic experience, this purpose that we're living through. Um, as, we, as we sort of experience more of that and then, and then want to stabilize it, wh- what comes up is that the biggest motivation that we experience internally is this desire to maintain the feeling of peace. And that's actually one of the things that as a therapist I use to see where my clients are because when somebody comes in and they're in perpetual consciousness you know they have a lot of problems and a lot of things that they want to achieve there's this huge big focus on outcomes you know I want to succeed in this area I want to get a relationship I want to you know see my career move in this direction and there's all these external focuses and as we start to build that interconnectedness you evolve to a place where you feel so good inside that you stop looking to the world to make you feel happy and you start to realize if i can just maintain this this experience inside of peace then i know that i'm in the right place i know that i'm doing the right things i know that everything in life is going to work out the way it's meant to if i show up in this way and so that that begins to shift our our um our goals shift towards maintaining that experience of peace and then the way that we maintain that i mean the simple hack is remembering that you're not in control that life is unfolding the way that it's meant to and that all we need to do is trust that process and the more we can trust the process the more we can hand control over to the universe the more we can allow things to arise naturally and to lead us to guide us the the easier it is then for us to to stay centered in that experience of peace and so for everybody the triggers the butts are different but the underlying mechanism of are you in control or is the universe in control and the second you take control you you put yourself in that space of anxiety and tension and fear the second you hand that control over you end up in a space of loving kindness and peace
0: i l- i love when you say in the clip that um, that uh my work is uh, God's or you, the universe. When I refer to God, it's it's not a Christian God or a. It's 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 my way of referring to the divine spirit or or the universe, the universe or whatever. It's just to make that clear. But God for me is is the divine spirit. And when you talk about my work, uh, is a is a child of the divine spirit of the universe. There is this, um, uh, yeah, letting go of the control. When I do the directing I'm doing right now, I have just begun. I've been working for a long time to prepare and to, uh, yeah, to be very ready. I do feel that this is not my job. Something is working through me, and I'm doing, I'm giving birth to something, and and there's this funny, uh, well, it's contradictional that I have this letting go of the control in the room, in the space with, with a team whom I, I'd like to go my way or, or the way of the work. Yet I, I recognize that I'm not in control and this is like it's opposites meeting within me. And the truth is what I've learned through this period of time I've been talking to you um, and the difference between the clip we just heard and where I'm at now in my directing is that the listening is actually my key Uh, and when I say listening it is uh, trust that Everybody, every person, every challenge, everything is a messenger or an angel or something that contributes in a positive way to the work. So the listening is actually the leading way. And when I listen probably to everything, that's my guidance. And the listening is... I'm not in control of what I'm hearing, but I'm in control of do I listen? And that's another way of being a leader. And that's a funny way of being a leader because I'm not I'm not sure what I'm going to hear, and I'm not sure I'm going to going to like what I hear, and maybe what I'm hearing is a challenge, a conflict, someone who's not satisfied With the work I'm doing, whatever, something that's, it's still a contribution to the work and it's still uh, something that wants to guide me doing my best if I listen. If I don't listen, I'll go into my ego and then everything will become shitty and fearful and horrible. Um, Those are the things that are the biggest difference. Between the clip we just heard and now, because that's a stabilizing tool I've learned to use to say, "Let go of the control" is such a difficult task. Until you do, it's really, really, it's really walking into the unknown with blindfolded and no arms, and and that kind of trust is uh, is can be a fearful walk in the beginning. Do you experience that with some of your clients?
2: Generally, the the, the thing that I focus on is building solid foundations. So when, when a client comes to me, you know, I wouldn't in a first session tell them, let go, trust life, trust the universe, everything is happening for you because they wouldn't have come to me if they didn't think something was going wrong with their life. Nobody shows up for therapy when everything is fantastic. So they're in a position in their life and things feel like they're going wrong in some way. They're resisting their own personal experience in that moment and they're struggling. So the, the important thing for me is to make sure that, that those building blocks are in place. And so the first part of the, the work that I do with somebody, is helping them build that connection to their spiritual self. And once they've established that connection in that, in that space, in that space where they can find their soul, they can open the door to inner peace. And in order for somebody to really be able to let go and to trust life and to, and to allow things to to unfold and not need to be in control, You have to feel safe. You have to be at peace. And when you talk about how you direct, you know, where you say, I walk into a room, I walk into a conversation with somebody, I walk into a space, and I don't know what I'm going to get back from them. I don't know what they're going to say, and I don't know whether I'm going to like it. But because you feel connected to that place inside where you are safe, where you feel at peace, where you feel strong, you know that whatever they bring, you're going to be okay. Whatever they bring, it's going to add And even if it means that there's a difficult, you know, piece of the journey, something you need to negotiate, some sort of conflict, you know that when you get through that, the product, the thing that's going to come out on the other side, is going to be that much richer, fuller, and meaningful to you and to the people in the space with you, you know, let alone the people who are going to watch it down the line. So, for me, it's, it's it's about growing step by step, um, Building that 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 inner connectedness, rather than saying to somebody, "All you have to do is let go, trust the universe is going to hold you, everything's going to be perfect," because people will think you're crazy.
0: Um, and the meditation is a a central tool in, especially in the beginning of the work the clients are doing with you, to to reach this space you're talking about where there is no fear and. And uh, and bliss and bliss and uh, peace. How do you use meditation in the way to reach this state?
2: When I talk about meditation and the, and the meditation that we work with, what I'm specifically talking about is a tangible conscious connection to your soul. And so, for most people, as you're sitting there now, you have the ability to focus on your mind, on your emotions, and on your body. And those three things are constantly influencing each other. So positive thoughts create a positive emotional space and they will affect your body and your immune system. You know, they, they change how you feel. In the same way that if you were sitting there and you were tired or hungry, that would affect your mood and it would affect um, your thoughts and the kind of thinking you could have. So what we do in this meditation is that we teach you a technique that allows you to connect to your soul in a way that is as tangible and as real as your thoughts or your emotions. So it becomes a very real part of your experience. And once you have that connection to your soul, what happens then in the meditation is that you are shifting your attention into that space, into that connection to your inner self, and your soul then begins to influence your mind, your body, and your emotions. So it's not that Your mind is changing itself. It's not that you are evolving your thoughts through thinking. What you're doing is you're evolving through connecting to a higher part of who you are, to a a deeper part of, of who and what you are, and then allowing that, your true nature, to begin to wash through your thoughts, your emotions and your body.
0: What does meditation has to do with death? I don't know why I asked that. That just came up to my mind but
2: what does meditation have to do with death? (laughs) That is an interesting question. Um, Personally, a thing that, um, that I've observed and and I've, I've worked with a lot of doctors, a lot of people who've been involved with people who are right there at death's door. You know, they're at that point where they're transitioning, they're going from, you know, from their life into, into the spirit world. There is this, shift that happens that for some people they're they're able right at the end to let go of their humanness to let go of their fears and their doubts and their anxieties and this wonderful serenity and wisdom washes over them and you can see that something's changed in them you know all of a sudden you know they seem to be able to be more deeply connected to themselves and more deeply connected to life and they're not afraid of what's going to come next and for me what that is is that they've gotten to a point in their life where where the situation they're in is so overwhelming that their mind can't deal with it and so they've almost had to press the emergency button somehow and they've, they've called their soul in and their soul steps in And all of a sudden, you know, they they start functioning from this higher space, from this deeper wisdom. And when we start to build a relationship to our soul, what you're doing is that you are choosing consciously to make that shift. Not because of trauma, not because of stress, not because of the fact that you are overwhelmed, but because you've gotten to a point in your life and something inside of you says, I want more. I know there's more. I know that I can go deeper. That I have more to offer to the world. That there's another way to be in the world right now. And so we start to call to our soul. We start to look for these spiritual experiences. And when you actually manage to make that connection. You start to live from the same level of awareness. From that same space of wisdom. That these people access right before they pass over. So. For me, spiritual awakening is, um, I mean, my, my, my teacher used to say, it's, um, it's dying before you die. So we're, we're letting go of the ego, we're letting go of the persona and we're stepping into our true self before life forces us to. Uh,
0: when I, when I go through a process of, uh, an artistic process, that where I, I listen the way uh, where my ego is not there, it's almost like I could almost be dead. I think that's why I, I mentioned what has death to do with meditation because there is a feeling of deathness to it and yet it has a feeling of huge aliveness at the same time. Um, and when I have uh, when I say to myself, it doesn't matter if I'm here or not, I mean, it does. I have been doing the preparation for a long time and yet I'm just here. I'm just chewing up. This mm, shift is like, it feels like death in a way, in a nice way. Um, and it's, it's a strange way of being in the world to feel free in the thought of, well, I might as well be, death, <laughs> be dead.
2: Yeah, I, th- I think what you're talking about is what people call ego death. And it's interesting yeah. if, you, if you listen just to yourself and the things that you're saying, when you say, um, I don't even need to be here. Like what I are you talking about? You're not talking about yourself because you, you are in the room. You, you know, like what you are, your energy, your essence, even your body is there in the space. What doesn't need to be in the space is your ideas of how things should be the the egoic view this kind of like i'm in control i need to be you know you know pushing my agenda or or making things turn out a particular way you realize that's not necessary this little i this egoic i isn't necessary in fact if it showed up it would probably get in the way of the actual big work that you want to do and so you let that part go you let that part die you let that part disappear in order to allow room for everything to show up and what's interesting is that when you allow room for yourself to show up your true self not this little ego but yourself when you make room for yourself you make room for everybody else in that same space so you show up everybody else gets to show up and the universe gets to show up everything you know fully expressed in whatever way it can be in that moment
0: and I've mentioned the undoing um for you before I I think it was you who uh, the first time mentioned this uh concept uh, of the undoing and I I dwell in that when I get overwhelmed and yet it is uh, also again a strange way of Taking action when you are the leader of a project to do the undoing, just to take that that action by not doing. Do you understand what I mean?
2: I I, I do. I think um, what's useful for people is to realize that 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 when you say undoing, you could also substitute effortless being. You could substitute being in flow. Like they're just different ways of trying to express a state that's really not something that human beings talk about on a daily basis because so much of you know you know if you have a conversation with somebody about wanting to achieve something they say well what are your goals what is your five year plan what's your 10 year plan it's all this doing it's all this like uh, controlling pushing towards an outcome and when you talk about the undoing you're talking about You know the pathless path the ability to just allow things to unfold naturally that ability to just be open to whatever shows up you know where you are not holding an agenda but simply creating a space opening a space and letting letting the universe show up in it and um for me that is the most effective way of being in life you know it's that it's that innocent openness and connection that allows magic to happen
0: And it sounds so like you're not taking responsibility of the situation. It sounds like, oh, I'm just going to sit here and wait for something to happen that I don't have to take an action. It could sound like that, uh, in another world. And yet it has a huge amount of responsibility in it. It just looks differently. Uh, yeah. Do you understand what I mean about responsibility? Uh, how one see responsibility, considering being a leader?
2: Okay, so 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 maybe maybe tell me, do you, how do you experience the difference in responsibility when you're trying to be in the undoing compared to when it was all about doing?
0: It's uh, mostly an inner state. It's mostly something that happens within. I don't say to people. Hey, guys, I'm doing the undoing. Uh, I have I have no idea. Uh, see you in some days. I wouldn't say that. Um, so it, it's happening within when, when the difference would be like this, that taking responsibility to me prior to the work I've done with you would be taking action, have an opinion, being in control, showing people I have the control, make them feel safe that, you know follow me i got the answers i got all the answers don't you worry <laughs> um that would be my way of showing responsibility and uh i also believe it's a good way of being a leader to sh- to 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 make a safe space for the people who you know say yes to following you in the way where i'm Doing the same thing, but from the undoing place. What I call the undoing is like doing absolutely nothing in my mind and just saying, I have no idea. Help, something will come up. I don't know how long time it takes, but if I listen strongly enough, I'll find the answer. From that space, I feel I have to pretend that I I do it the old way, you know? <laughs> uh, I wouldn't go saying... I have no fucking clue. Uh, I'm waiting for for the universe to tell me. I mean, I think people would not follow me if I said that out loud. Well, now I'm doing it. I'll never get a job again. Um, Anyway, that would be something that was happening within. And yet it has a profound difference within me of how I feel in the situation. Because when I do it from the undoing space where I just wait... Um there is I think a radiance of peace coming from me that actually is the true authority of the room. Um I hope anyway. So, yeah, is that an is that answering your question?
2: So, so let me say it back and you and you tell me if if I've gotten it right. It sounds to me like you know that you kind of have to surrender to what is, but you're also aware that that if other people knew how little you knew what was gonna happen next, they may not be that willing to kind of follow you into the fire.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you have to fake
2: being in control.
0: <laughs> exactly. Well,
2: I think we're faking it most of the time. <laughs> That's life.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but um, it's it's okay. super nice to realize that when you can surrender to life, it, it just doesn't let you down.
0: Yeah. And another thing is that if you are in the space of feeling good and peaceful and blissful, the way I've, I have found it hard to navigate is also that I need stories. I need stories to be there in the world. And stories, whether it's literature music, paintings, theater, movie, whatever, just even conversations with my surroundings in my everyday life, they're stories and they're mostly about how someone has overcome something, a challenge, you know, a movie or whatever. That's the story. That's what makes us human in a way. Uh, And if you take that away, the challenge to overcome, the pain, the longing, and everything is bliss what's there's left to talk about
2: <laughs> um, th- that's that's exactly the problem I think a lot of people face is that as they start to evolve into a place where they start to find real happiness because because they're not sure of what what replaces the old dramas you mm-hmm. know they they have to go through a phase where where, instead of focusing on the negative things and the trials and the struggles, your focus slowly shifts into the victories, into the people overcoming things, into into the experience of people learning, growing, evolving, but ultimately we end up in a space where you realize that all of these things are part of the same experience. Everything from the most lost, most difficult experiences someone could possibly have to the brightest, most awake, most connected experiences we can have. Like it's all part of this human experience and that all of us in every moment have access to any part of the story, to any part of the human experience we choose. And, and when you start to realize that I think people, people can learn to just consistently choose for things that are life-affirming, things that bring them happiness, things that share love, things that share the light. Because if you didn't, if you didn't have to struggle, if you didn't have to worry, what would you do with this moment? You know, what would you choose to bring to this conversation, to the connection with your family, to the space at work?
0: Also, of course, I'm an actress and I, I'm a director, and the stories are always you know how to overcome something and do you know any do you know any stories whether it's music theater movies whatever where it's just there's no problems <laughs> do, you, do you have do you have any hey, any idea what that might be does I, uh, it exist
2: not that i know of <laughs> I think we the really like. The stars would be gone. Yeah, I think we really like the hero's journey. I think that is <laughs> certainly it's it's. If I'm going to be entertained, it's it's my favorite, uh, my favorite storyline, <laughs> the hero's journey. Yeah. Good.
0: Actually, once you start doing movies or well doing art from the place where we start telling stories, where there's not the hero's journey and there's not the challenge to overcome, to even get the playfulness into the joy. To, to get a language.
2: I'm, I'm going to leave that to you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I'm doing my best. <laughs> when I turn up to a conversation with you, a session with you, I always have some kind of issue to bring to the table, to have something to talk about, right? And this is a starting point for all of my conversations and my art and th- what I watch as a, you know, consumer. Like you do, The Hero's Journey. We love it. We love it. How to overcome pain and suffering. We love it. We love it. What's left when there's no more pain and suffering? That's... that's uh, And there's so much more left. But we have no language for it. And it's a place where I... I get silent and I'm like, I don't know what to talk about. If you say, how how was your day at work? And I say, it was fabulous, great, okay. Then I don't know what to how to continue. <laughs> if I say, oh my God, my boss is so annoying and it's so tiresome to do this script and blah, 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 then there's a lot of stuff to talk about and we can talk for hours and we can find solutions and we can, you know... And that's a creative space to be, can be anyway. And it's a hero's journey just in one conversation. Mm -hmm. Uh, But if everything's fine, I don't know. I don't know. How how do we take it from from there? What to talk about? And this is the thing I'm very interested in. Also, this episode is like, can I do an episode with Sheldon where we just, just chat and have a nice time? How's the weather? Oh, it's fine. How are you doing? I'm doing good. (laughs) You know, (laughs) but, but then I did bring some trouble, the troubling, having a good time on the table. So I did find something, a scratch, a flaw, (laughs) but you know (laughs) what I mean?
2: Yes. (laughs) Yes. Um, you know, I, I forget which one of my clients mentioned it to me, but, but she said we don't go into healing we don't go into this spiritual evolution we don't go on this path to learn to cope with the difficult things in life we go on this journey to learn how to be happy and and for me that's that's a very big difference between you know going into therapy or going into a process where all you're trying to do is deal with old traumas and you know make sure that you can survive life and the work that we're trying to do where you are really wanting to find purpose, find joy, find love, find connection, find yourself. like It's, it's just all these wonderful things that get added into your experience and they don't get added because they're not there, they're not in our nature. They get added because we make a room for them by letting go of those negative traits, those things that took up space unnecessarily in our experience.
0: Exactly that's true it's so much it's so much the lack of space for it actually that makes it such an alien feeling and the habitual way of just anchoring yourself in the pain and this is um yeah it's an interesting task but i can get really really insecure if i meet someone who's just having a great time there's a mirror in that that makes me insecure still and because it makes me insecure I don't want to expose others to that version of myself you know so I'm slightly I I say how are you doing I'm doing fucking fantastic I mean, of course, I, I still I mean I've got the flu and it's like I'm but I'm doing great. But I still have issues. Don't you worry, you. Can, I'm human. I'm human. I'm human. You know, this is how <laughs> how I navigate.
2: I think I think it's a gift to the world if you if you are willing to break that mold and just bring happiness. I don't mean bring happiness by pretending the other stuff isn't there. I mean being comfortable in yourself and happy and content and able to to appreciate where you're at i mean i think one of the one of the biggest gifts that that we get to experience in this work but but the biggest thing that we can share with people is the ability to be grateful for where we are right now you know, for the amazing things that are happening, because it's so easy to always notice what's missing. You know, oh, this is great, but I I could do with more money. Oh, this is amazing, but oh, I need this for my relationship. Or, you know, we can always find those little bites of like, if I just had this thing, then I could be happy. If I just had this thing, you know, then I'd be fulfilled. The truth is that if you're chasing something outside of you, happiness and fulfillment never comes.
0: I remember you said I once listened to a podcast. I think it was Eckhart Tolle or something else. Um, And I was doing, I had a hard time. And I said, well, I do a lot of meditations these days. I'm struggling a lot. Uh, And I do, I listen to a lot of uh, podcasts with meditations and spiritual podcasts. And you said, first of all, don't take anything that seriously, also not the podcasts. And I was like, "What? <laughs> don't take spirituality seriously." And you were like, "Yeah, don't take it so seriously. Also not the spirituality. And, <laughs> yeah. and that's um, kind of what you're saying now, also, right? I've, it's like
2: Yes, it's, it, it truly isn't meant to be a struggle. you know, life, life is full of gifts. It's made for children. I mean again you went back to this thing of like God doesn't have grandchildren, but he has a lot of children. You know, we're we're children of God. We're children of the universe. This is not meant to be so complicated. It's not meant to be as difficult as we make out. And if you can if you can just relax into life and stop taking yourself quite so seriously and not need to to constantly be perfect, then um, yeah, then you make room for your for your own, for you make room for yourself, you make room for other people, and you make space to be happy. So yes, don't take things too seriously, and um and and do what you can to find your happiness. Move towards the things that bring you joy.
0: Was it you who said that you listen sometimes to podcast with fantasy stories, or so when you meditate? Was I don't remember if that was you. Yeah, that is like you can meditate. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I'll, I'll listen to audio books. Normally, I, I like um, like these Terry Pratchett kind of like comedic, funny fantasy stories where you just where you're just laughing at the language and laughing at the storyline and the interesting ideas that come up. Um, yeah, if I'm going to meditate, I must well be in a good mood. <laughs> so why not?
0: And <laughs> uh, this is a this is a a twisting way of look at spirituality for me anyway. That it's you know it's not like this music with the ding ding dong dong that is necessary. It's everything can get you into that mood, and you can be in all kind of circles and fellowships. And, and, and yet be, have this soulful connection to, to yourself and to others. It doesn't need to be a special sound or environment um, that creates that space. That's, for me, a very good learning point.
2: I, 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 think, I think what's important to bear in mind as well, when we're talking about these things, like when we talk about meditation here, the meditation that, that, that we do, like there is a tangible experience of being with your soul. It's kind of like you're sitting in a space where you've, where you've activated that part of who you are. You're sitting in it. And so exactly like you say, the spiritual space is not the outside space. It's not what's happening around you. It's not what you're listening to. It's what's going on inside. And because you're connected in that spiritual way, whatever you do is spiritual. It's coming from that From that inner sense, that that inner sense of, you know, truth, soul, spirit.
0: Yeah. It's funny. Inner sense and innocence is almost the same.
2: I know. I I kind of got a little tongue tied there (laughs) because they are ultimately connected.
0: (laughs) It's been a pleasure again, a wonderful pleasure. And I'm looking very much forward to seeing you the next time, next week. All right. Chat soon. Yeah. Chat you. Bye. Take care. Bye. You have listened to Conversations with Sheldon Fitzgerald, A Spiritual Approach to Therapy. And this podcast is, of course, not made by me alone. Thank you so much to Jade Pato for making the most beautiful artwork. Thank you to Fane Fitzgerald for being a sparring partner and listening all of my material through, helping with the editing and giving feedback all the way along. Thank you to Martin Soby for getting amazing sound out of the scratchy Zoom recordings we started up with. And last but not least, thank you to Marie Tural who is my partner in crime on this podcast, my co-creator, and handled the roles of both being the producer, the technical all-around woman, the editor, and my sparring partner concerning everything on this podcast. And if you want to know more about Sheldon's work, you can go to www.soulscapeawakening.com. Thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoyed. Bye.